The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I've taken some courses. I'm not going to say that courses will ever make you a writer because that's not what they're there for. They're there to make you take yourself seriously as a writer, which is completely different from learning to write. If you want to learn to write, you have to read and you have to read broadly and you have to read a ton and then you have to practice, practice, practice. And there's really no way around this, unfortunately. And so I was lucky enough to have a job where I was writing all the time. You know, I can see my writing evolving over the years where I started to pay much more attention to craft. And I think craft is always the thing that will always set the novel apart because you can have plot and you can have characters, but without the craft, they're not going to resonate with anyone. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Number one New York Times bestselling author Bonnie Garmus spoke to me about the evolution of her craft, how her protagonist changed her life, getting blurred by Stephen King and the never-ending book tour for her lauded debut, Lessons in Chemistry. Bonnie is a copywriter, creative director, and author of the number one New York Times bestselling novel, Lessons in Chemistry, and the best book of the year by the New York Times, Washington Post, NPR, Oprah Daily, Entertainment Weekly, Newsweek, and many others. The book introduced the main character, Elizabeth Zott, a headstrong, gifted chemist in 1960s California, whose career takes a detour when she becomes the unlikely star of a beloved TV cooking show. BuzzFeed wrote of the book, a kicky debut. This book tackles feminism, resilience, and rationalism in a fun and refreshing way. And Stephen King called it witty, sometimes hilarious, a catch-22 of early feminism. In this file, Bonnie and I discussed how her copywriting career supported her fiction writing. My courses will never make you a writer. Plotters versus pantsers and why she can't write from an outline. Overcoming a fear of the blank page. Why writing a synopsis is one of the circles of hell. Getting a phone call from Academy Award winner Brie Larson and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published, and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in 
to help other writers find us. Okay, we are back on the Writer Files. I am thrilled and honored today to be joined by an esteemed guest. I have the number one New York Times bestselling author, Bonnie Garmus, is joining us today. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, wrap with us for a minute. Oh my gosh, Kelton, it's my honor. I'm really pleased that you asked. So thanks for having me. <laughs> well, um, I can't wait to pick your brain about all things writing and the writing life. And of course, this is really kind of an exciting time because not only is Lessons in Chemistry still sitting at number one on the New York Times bestsellers list, uh, it is like exactly a year um, since the p- publication date of this fantastic book. Yeah, it is a little bit bizarre, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm, feel very privileged to be on that list and uh, astounded to still be at number one. And I just want to say thank you, readers and booksellers and podcasters and bookstagrammers. It's been a real grassroots effort here, and I'm I'm just very honored that so many people have read and responded to the book the way they have. Yeah, it's got to be a pretty amazing feeling. And I would love to take you back to talk about kind of probably this whirlwind year that it may seem like uh, is in kind of a, been a never-ending book tour for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I want to talk about your superhero origins as a writer, because I understand you weren't always a New York Times bestseller no. um, and Lessons <laughs> in Chemistry was your debut novel, which is really, really astounding and cool. Um, but let's talk about your career as a writer and kind of how you found yourself a uh, lauded fictionist uh, coming from the background that you did, because I understand that you've been a copywriter and a creative director and um, I'm sure had a lifetime of experience that kind of informs your work. But yeah, talk a little bit about, take us back a little bit and give us kind of the the cliffs. Yeah. Um, I was working as a copywriter, creative director. Um, and for me, copywriting was probably a smart career just because it's a good way to get paid for writing. It's highly creative. Most copywriters I know um, don't write, you know, just straight content. They do ad campaigns and they do um, speeches and things like that. And that's really how I was employed. And a lot of it was fun and a lot of it wasn't fun. But, you know, it teaches you um, to be concise. It teaches you craft. It teaches you rhythm, Um, especially speech writing. I read everything I write out loud. And so that way you develop a natural rhythm in your writing that's, I think it's really, really helpful if you want to improve your writing, read it out loud. Hmm. Yeah, and I have heard this trick before. Some authors even employing a kind of like a software. I'm sure there's AI now that can do it, where um, it's like almost natural voices reading, reading your work out loud for you, so you can kind of listen to it. Oh wow! I didn't know about that. That might <laughs> that that might really freak me out. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, because I would think, oh my god, they're speaking from beyond the grave or something. Um, but that's so interesting. It really does help. Um, you'll find all your errors also on the page. You'll start to see, you know, I should have had a comma there. I, you know, this word isn't right. That sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. So how did you find fiction or, you know, how long have you been writing fiction? Because I understand that um, the main character of your uh, hit debut, Elizabeth Zott, was kind of um, bouncing around in your head 
uh, long before lessons in chemistry came to be. Yeah. You know, I wrote my very first book when I was five and I have no idea why it hasn't been published. It was really good. It was a page long and it started out once upon a time. Then it had a really bad sentence in the middle and then it said the end, but it did include an illustration and no one has wanted to read that yet. Um, and then I wrote another book when I was 12, which was 200 pages long. Um, and my librarian put it in the school library and no one ever checked it out in two and a half years. So that went really <laughs> well. Um, and then I started another novel and that one indeed did have Elizabeth Zott in it, um, but she was only in it for three sentences. But in those three sentences, I knew that she had a cooking show, that she was a chemist and that she was depressed. And for some reason, she never left me. And so I wrote another book that got 98 rejections. It was very long and I couldn't get anyone to read it. And then when I started Lessons in Chemistry, it was Elizabeth Zott, those three sentences where she suddenly, I felt like she was saying, it's time to tell my story. And so that's how it started. Amazing, amazing. Now, had you taken any creative writing courses or, you know, did you have like a, any beta readers for lessons in chemistry. Um, talk a little bit about kind of the genesis and the process. Yeah, it is a process. And I think creative writing courses can be good for A, getting getting used to getting feedback. Um, luckily, as a copywriter, you automatically get feedback, whether you want it or not. And it's, it's good. You must get people to read your work. It's not always the funnest thing to do, but you're not writing for yourself. You're writing for others. So I've taken some courses. I'm not going to say that courses will ever make you a writer because that's not what they're there for. They're there to make you take yourself seriously as a writer, which is completely different from learning to write. If you want to learn to write, you have to read and you have to read broadly and you have to read a ton and then you have to practice, practice, practice. And there's really no way around this, unfortunately. And so I was lucky enough to have a job where I was writing all the time. You know, I can see my writing evolving over the years where I started to pay much more attention to craft. And I think craft is always a thing that will always set the novel apart because you can have plot and you can have characters, but without the craft, they're not going to resonate with anyone. And the craft is the rhythm of the sentence that carries you along, that makes the story actually, that's the movement in the story. So that's, for me, the hard part. Teaching that in a class is iffy because, you know, you have, it's all conjecture. You have, everybody has a subjective opinion. There's no right or wrong in writing. And tons of people will tell you to do, not to do what I did. Don't use multiple voices and do not use them on the same page. So you <laughs> have to be kind of careful out there with what kind of advice you listen to as a writer. But getting feedback is really important. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders, 
And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview, and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, uh, you must be thrilled one year uh, to the day almost for the reception of Lessons in Chemistry. And it's uh, really, really cool to see. Obviously, it was a, named a best book of the year by the New York Times, Washington Post, NPR, and many, many others. Um, you even got a blurb from none other than Stephen King, which <laughs> I understand is not easy to do, but that's so cool that he called it witty, sometimes hilarious, the catch 22 of early feminism. That is so awesome. Yeah, I was shocked. I had no idea that he'd read it. And then I saw it on Twitter. And, and honestly, I, I, um, I wrote him and I thanked him and he wrote me back. And he's just the most gracious person you can imagine. Um, but, yeah. you know, I really think the world of him and his, by the way, his book on writing is probably the best book any potential writer could read on on how to proceed. I really live by uh, his example. So to get something like that from him and not even have any idea that he had the book was shocking to say the least. Yeah, very cool. Well, the New York Times said in Garmus's debut novel, a frustrated chemist finds herself at the helm of a cooking show that sparks a revolution. Of course, that doesn't begin to sum up the book, but I thought it was funny. I, I liked BuzzFeed's little uh, quip, a kicky debut. This book tackles feminism, resilience, and rationalism in a fun and refreshing way. Um, <laughs> I'd love to just kind of dig into your process a little bit because, yeah, talk about kind of, I don't know, the, the switch in your brain of going from um, obviously kind of the regimented work of copywriting, which a lot of people may not understand the amount of actual brain work and creativity that goes into copywriting, but talk about kind of the switch and finding a rhythm and a flow as a fictionist. And as you put it, kind of this very, very, you know, different way of putting words together, that evolution of kind of writing the novel. Well, I think a lot of people will ask me if I'm a, what they call, you know, an outline writer, a planner or a seat of the pantser writer and a seat of the pantser writers get a bad rep. Um, we don't, we don't work from an outline. Um, and I can't write from an outline. Unfortunately, my clients have despaired for decades that I can't write for an outline. I can never give them an idea of what I'm going to give them until I've written it. So when <laughs> I sat down, I know it's terrible. I, when I sat down to write lessons in chemistry, um, I started it just as it, appears 
now where I had to ground myself in what's going on, what's the story, now let me tell you the story. And so it kind of unfolded in that way. Uh, I'm an inveterate editor of my own work. So I will continue to rewrite until I'm truly satisfied. Actually, I'm not truly satisfied. There are three parts and lessons in chemistry I would love to rewrite, but my editors won't let me. So <laughs> I, you know, I could keep going. It's just one of those things. But in terms of the process, copywriting is story writing, storytelling, but it's very short. Fiction, a novel, is like writing, it's like running five marathons back to back to back to back to back. It is hard and you hit the wall quite a bit. At least I do. I hit the wall quite a bit. And there were times when I really, really wanted to quit because let's face it, you don't know if you're going to get published. The chances are really high that you won't get published. And if you do get published, the chances are even higher that no one will read it. So being a writer is one of those careers that looks really great from the outside. But for writers, they know between writing the book, then querying agents, which is its own little hell, then writing a synopsis, which is the third circle of hell, then, um, <laughs> you know, you just keep going. And, and then you get an agent and you think, great, the hardest part is behind me. And yet it's not. The hardest part is ahead of you. And it just keeps coming. And so it's been a real education for me, frankly. And I salute every single writer out there, whether they're still querying or still writing or whatever, to just keep going. Just believe in what you're doing and make it as good as you can make it. But I know it's hard. It kind of sucks to be a writer a lot of the time. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I mistrust any writer who says that they love writing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect message for our listeners. <laughs> it kind of sucks being a writer. <laughs> you know, it kind of sucks. The pay is really low. It. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> your evolution as a writer and a fictionist, um, do you feel that this uh, amount of success and, you know, just, I don't know, press has, has changed you at all as a writer? Do you feel like you can kind of look back on it? Well, you know, that is a really good question. I haven't, I feel like I haven't had time to change um, because things have come at me so quickly and every day, you know, new things every single day. Um, so it's a, weird in a way to say this. I haven't been able to really sit back and go, oh, good, well, well done, you know, good job, because I'm still working on lessons in chemistry every single day. Um, and I really appreciate every reader and, you know, everybody who's commented on the book. It means so much to me. But in terms of how it's changed me, I think Elizabeth Zott kind of changed me, to be honest. She, I was writing my role model. And the more I wrote her, the more I realized how much I wanted to be more like her. So there's, there's some of that. But I mean, overall, the day-to-day, Things are just the same. I'm working on another book and I'm tearing my hair out. So great. I, I still am <laughs> in that creation mode, which is as a writer, you know, it's, it's not always that much fun. There's the fear of the blank page. Hmm. Yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, because obviously fear of the blank page is something we just have discussed ad infinitum here. But yeah, talk about, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what I was getting at is, are you, what do you, how are you finding the next book and, and the challenges therein? 
but then also, um, what are you working on and what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm working on another book. It has nothing to do with lessons in chemistry. Um, but I, I'll say, you know, I have to really guard against having this feeling that people are looking over my shoulder. Like, you know, I can't think, I can't sit there and write and think, what would my editor think of this? What would my agent think of this? Um, because that will kill it. It's not, they're wonderful people. It's just that I can't write to please everyone. So in the end, you write to please yourself and you're writing for this other audience. And to me, they're invisible. So I can't imagine a lot of people weighing in. I just have to shut it out and let the characters take center stage and trust those characters to lead me, hopefully. And, you know, like you had brought up before, I do have trusted readers. You know, um, my biggest trusted reader is my husband. He's you know, everyone goes, oh, God, no, you can't have a relative or, you know, a family member be a trusted reader. They're just going to say everything you write is great. But no, not my husband. Um, and I think, you know, he's really good for me because he is so well read and he is really picky. And so he's a really good bar for me. You know, if I can keep him entertained, then I I don't know. People, most people aren't quite as difficult as he is to, to. <laughs> <laughs> so he's my, yeah, he's like this wall. And that's really a good thing to have. You don't want to have people in your life or reading your work who just think everything you've written is great. And so that's kind of how I, how I do things. And that's how I'm proceeding with the next book. And what I still do is I try to write, you know, a certain amount of day, but to be honest, um, Right now, with all the promotion still around lessons in chemistry, I'm just not able to be consistent. And that, yeah. for me, has really been a little bit of the sadness, but also, in a way, a relief because you get a little bit of a break <laughs> from mm -hmm. writing. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, I really like the next set of characters, and I'm anxious to get back to them. I heard you mention that, um, you know, you had done obviously a little bit of research for lessons in chemistry. And I think part of that was picking up a, a, a chemistry textbook from the era. Yeah, that's right. Do you have a, a research process for the current book that, that incorporates something similar? I do. I, um, you know, okay, here's another truism you hear all the time, or it's really not a truism. It's a saying, and the saying is, write what you know. And I would just like to say to any writer out there, you have an imagination. Why are you writing what you know? Feel free to explore and feel free to learn new things and feel free to twist those and put them into your world and make them something new. But you don't have to write what you know. What I know is not, not interesting nearly enough as what I don't know. So, so <laughs> in terms of lessons in chemistry, I did buy a book off of eBay and I did teach myself basic 50s chemistry because tragically you can't Google old science very well. Hmm. Believe me, that was a real wake-up call. I was very disappointed in Google. So I did have to do that. It was a lot more work and chemistry is a little bit harder than I anticipated. But I also don't like to cook. So I also had to research, um, you know, cooking, to be honest. So that's sort of how I'm doing it with the next book. And I, I won't tell you what the book's about because it keeps changing, but I, there's one big central topic in that book that I really know nothing about. And so I'm 
researching it, reading about it. And it's amazing. You know, when I researched chemistry, it took me a long time to suddenly the light bulb went on and I went, wait a minute, you know, we live by these laws that we make in the real world, but these aren't the real laws that, that actually govern us. The real laws that govern all people and the earth are the laws of chemistry. And I'd never seen that before. If I hadn't studied chemistry, I wouldn't know that. That's fascinating. That's a cool takeaway. Well, obviously, congratulations on the successes of Lessons in Chemistry. I understand. I was very excited to read this, that Apple TV Plus is uh, adapting the book into a series starring Academy Award winner Brie Larson. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. And I'm just here to say that Brie Larson is an incredible actress. She has done such a good job bringing Elizabeth Zott to life. And I could not be happier that she is playing the role. You know, you. she called me before I signed with Apple TV and she, she wanted to executive produce it. And, you know, she's just, she's just a really great actress. She can go through so many things on the screen, be so tragically sad and be so strong and be so funny and then just be so smart. And she does it without pausing. I don't know how anyone does it, but she's really, really good at it. I have a lot of admiration for her. That's cool. I hope you get to sit down and have a cocktail sometime. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know if that's something you're into, but um, all right, I gotta gotta hit you with a fun one before we kind of wrap up with your final um, Pearl of Wisdom for writers. But um, yeah, so if you could have dinner or drinks uh, with any author from any era uh, to your favorite place in the world, all expenses paid, who would you take and where would you take them? Oh my gosh, this is a great question. Well, you know, I have been a longtime fan of Margaret Atwood, and I'm a huge fan of Donna Tartt. I'm also a huge fan, I have a huge fan list of Hanya Yanagihara and also Kazu Ishiguru. And mm-hmm. I mean, the list is really long, um, but if I can only take one person, I'm going to take Margaret Atwood. And she lives in Canada and I live in London. So maybe we'll meet in New York. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't nice. know where I would go in New York. So there you go. But I would love to talk with her. I just think she's got to be one of the most fascinating people on earth. Excellent. Um, would you sit and have drinks? Would you go for high tea? What would you do? Oh, I think I think we would go for drinks and dinner. Nice. Uh, what would you order? Oh, what would I order? Um, I'll tell you what I wouldn't order. I had roasted cauliflower the other night, and no, I'm not doing that again anytime soon. <laughs> I, I think it was just I've made it before, and it's it can be good, but not where I had it. Um, I don't know what I would have, to be honest, but it would have to include dessert because I'm sort of a pretty big dessert person. Nice, nice. Uh, what would you drink? Oh, okay. I'm just going to brag here a little bit. I was just at uh, my agent, Felicity Blunt, is married to Stanley Tucci, and we were just at their mm. house on Saturday night, and he made me a gin martini. Wow. Um, uh, it was really good. So maybe I'd have a gin martini. Um, that is so cool. So, um, strange aside, uh, Lisa Scottolini, who uh, has been on this show, also bragged about having pasta with Stanley Tucci. And I don't know if the two of you know each other uh, or why you would, 
But uh, I thought that was a really an interesting coincidence. Okay, that's weird because he also made pasta. I guess it's not weird because that's what he does. But right. you know, um, but yes. Yeah, so Lisa and I have had exactly the same experience. It was really, really fun. <laughs> Very cool. Well, you're sitting ne- near each other on the bestsellers list, so I thought uh, strange coincidence. Very cool. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your words. Um, we wish you the best of luck. Obviously, your home base there is miningarmist.com. I'll link to that. You're on all the socials. We can follow along with this never-ending book tour. <laughs> and know, of course, <laughs> congrats. It's really, Thank really you. exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah, and so maybe just your final advice to, to your fellow scribes on how to keep going. Okay, here's my advice, which is, you know, you're going to be faced with so much adversity and none of your friends who are are writers, they won't understand how hard this is. Um, But the rest of us understand how hard it is. And so just know, even if you get rejected, so it's not over until you say it's over, you're going to get knocked about. Don't give up. I love it. That was a perfect ending. Uh, Again, via Condias, best of luck (laughs) with your TV appearance. And please come back and (laughs) wrap with us in the future. All right. Thanks so much, Kelton. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm. It's only over until you say it's over. So don't say it's over. Oh my God, that's our doorbell. Uh, sorry about that, Dalton. <laughs> anyway. Right. <laughs> um, no, so, 